and welcome back to another episode of A Conversation with Jenna. If this is your first time here, hey, I'm Jenna, and I'm so glad that you're joining me here today. A little disclaimer that you will hear in every episode is this. What I'm about to share with you are my personal thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I am not an expert, nor will everything that I say be factual. Please do your own research and think for yourself. As always, my hope is that my life experiences can help you in your life. So sit back and soak in the goodness. Let's jam. So today on the pod, I have a very special friend who's joining me. Her name is Trish, and she is my very best friend. And I couldn't do life without this woman. She's incredible. And just to give a little bit of a backstory of how we met... After I graduated college, I was like so desperate to find a job because no one would hire me. And so I uh, applied at TJ Maxx and I got hired and there was Trish. And we just like kind of became friends instantly, I think. I don't ever remember there being like awkwardness between us or like, who's this girl? You know, like there was none of that. It was just like, hey. And I was like, hey. And then boom, we were friends. Like, I used to call you Gwen Stefani. Oh, yeah? Because of my hair? Or why? the way you dressed. Your fashion. Oh, my you fashion. You like, fashion thing going on. Because yeah. you were that fashionista. Yes. You were doing that whole background thing. Yeah. So I called you Gwen Stefani. You're like, I love Gwen Stefani. Uh, you're like, okay. Like, I figured that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how we met. And um, then we've, we've been friends. And I've also talked about on the podcast in the Navigating Friendships episode how when I joined the church, I... Uh, thought that I was supposed to step away from the friendship and boo yes and and then last year I just randomly showed up at her work and I was like weirdo (laughs) I was just like well let's give this a chance and give this a shot and I walked in and you know she's just been really gracious to accept me back in her life and I'm really grateful and thankful for that and I'm just happy that I can finally get her on the podcast so welcome to the podcast thank you thank you very much And today we're going to talk to Trish about her adoption story and then we're going to end it on, you know, maybe more of a little lighter and funnier note and we're going to talk about our uh, worst first date experiences because Trish has so many good stories about that. So (laughs) welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad that you're here. Glad you're here. You're at my house, actually. I know. She's at my house. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, so <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever you feel like sharing. Oh, I'm Trish. I'm in my 40s. I'm originally from Chicago. I live out here in Arizona now. I've lived here for about 13 years, and I work in retail management, so let's go with that. Okay, sounds great. I love that. I love that. Trish just asked me, what's with the tooth on your boob? And I thought, oh, that's so interesting. I'm wearing my my orthodontist shirt. There's really a tooth on your boob. I know. So why I wanted to bring Trish on to talk about adoption is because I like, when I look at Trish, I don't think, oh, she's adopted. It's not something that I feel she uses as part of her identity, right? I don't think anybody who was adopted does does. Okay. And I really like that. Like, And I know her father or her dad very well, too. He recently moved to 
um, Arizona. He's a cowboy. And he's awesome. And I feel like he's accepted me very, like, right from the bat. It's because she has red hair. And he likes redheads. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and, like, she calls him daddy. And, like, she is, that's her dad. That's and so, dad. yeah, and so I just don't really think about it. But I thought, what a great opportunity to come on and share your story. So would you like to start from the beginning? I, I don't even know how to start from the beginning. I mean, I guess I was... I was very young, and mm-hmm. my parents decided to tell me when I was about, I don't know, I think of as seven or eight, and my parents sat me down, and they told me, well, we just want to know, you know that you were very special, and mm-hmm. you were adopted, and I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. And my parents said, well, that means we picked you. You you, you were chosen. So I went to school, and I gloated about it. I thought it was like the next best thing to you know string cheese yeah i was adopted this is great oh my god yeah and yeah, then yeah tell everybody hey i was adopted this is awesome blah 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 i'm special you're not <laughs> well my parents got upset about that okay they got mad and they told me that they didn't want me telling all these people that i was adopted i'm like well why did you tell me then and they said because this is our personal business you don't need to be telling anybody oh so from then on, only, you know, my closest friends growing up knew actually that I was adopted and I didn't talk about it for the longest time. I want to say, oh gosh, until I was in seventh, eighth grade, I made friends with this girl, Trish. <laughs> yeah. Has I the same name. they're Trish. We're, our names are exactly the same. Patricia Marie. Wow. And she lived next door to us in the apartment buildings next to the house that we were living in. And um, I told her, and it was like our little secret, because I felt like I had to be very secretive about it. I felt like I couldn't just tell anybody that I was adopted, because my parents made it very clear when I was young that it was just taboo. You you're, you don't talk about those kinds of things. Yeah. And I always thought, that's, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, I should be able to talk about this with whoever I want to talk about it with. It has nothing to do with anything. Right. And, um, but I did talk about it with my friend at that point. That was the only other person that I ever told about the situation. Then after that, all she ever asked me was, well, do you want to meet your biological parents? And I said, well, I don't know. That's weird. Right. Why would I want to meet them when I already have parents? Right. There's something weird about the displacement of, okay, you're raised, you know your people, you know your family, you're close to them. Why am I going to go look for another family? So I didn't. Okay. For years. For years. I mean, I, I went through my 20s and ended up moving out to Arizona at the age of 28. And I got this... <laughs> I got this weird email and I I don't know exactly what triggered this email because I used to have this weird ex-boyfriend, which we can probably get into later with the weird, crazy yeah, first dates or whatever. Let's do that. But oh my anyway. gosh. Wait, I just have to say, Trish has some of the best <laughs> worst first I, date or stories. The worst, or the, the worst. worst. <laughs> but I mean, there was even one with the lasagna. Like we gotta talk about the lasagna. That that wasn't even a first date, but that was just like Oh no no that was just like uh, him being me being uh, him being a bad boyfriend first of well, all I'm not- yeah that was just him being a bad boyfriend and yes you were acting out but I feel it 
it's just hilarious it in my mind like when you told me that i couldn't stop laughing it was awesome so yes let's get into that boyfriend a little bit later but so you weren't sure what trickled triggered this email no i don't know who sent it i don't know uh what came of it 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 was a uh, Basically, somebody sending me a message saying, Hi, I think I'm your biological parent. Can you give me some personal information about yourself? What? And I thought, no. That's weird. I sure can't. Heck no. And I go, well, how about you give me some personal information about me? Okay. Like when I was born. Yeah. Or uh, where I was born. Right. Okay, wait, I, I need to ask a question. Did this come from a personal email? Or yeah. Did, it came from like... It, it, it ended up in my personal email, but it was from somebody I didn't know. So the name was... But it was like Jenna Moser at gmail.com. Right. It wasn't like 23andMe or something right. like that. It was literally someone's personal email who had found your personal email and emailed you. Correct. Weird. Okay. Correct. Yeah, I would be freaked out too. So... That's why I responded back. Well, you know, when's my birthday? Yeah. Where was I born? What do you know about my actual birth? Yeah. Do you? Never got a response. Wow. So after that, it kind of irked me. For sure. I thought, you know, if there's some peeps out there kind of looking for me, I guess, you know, I'm almost 30 at this point. Like, why the heck not? Like, what do I got to lose? I'm grown. Yeah. I'm self-sufficient. I moved from Chicago to Arizona. Yeah. I don't have any means to uh, attach myself to anything emotionally because I've been parented. I, my, my parents raised me. I'm grown. This doesn't matter to me. Oh what is the dog no, doing? My, my dog's moving the chair. Sounds like a fart. It's it, so funny. I wonder, like, he knows we're sitting here at the table. Like, he's it's he's being kind of, like, protective or, like. I think he just wants to be on the podcast. I think he does, but he can't. Duggies are not allowed. <laughs> Sorry, and he's a big dog. You can't talk. He is not a small he, little he, dog. He's a Doberman. A Doberman. <laughs> and he keeps, he keeps getting under the table, and then he keeps squeezing himself between the tiniest yeah. space between my legs and the table. <laughs> All right, dude, you got to stop. Okay. Stop and stop it. Anyway, um, so I found a, a website. It's called Adoption Registry. And I figured I, I was working for this plumbing company at the time, and I was sitting in front of a computer all day. And after I saw this email, I thought, well, you know, actually, no, I got the email when I worked for a collections company. But one day when I was working for um, the plumbing company, I decided to put it out there and just kind of find websites and things like that that have to do with, like, people who were adopted yeah. and they it, haven't found their biological yeah. parents and things like I that. I mean, it definitely sparked curiosity. Yeah, I would be so curious if I was in your p- position and got an email like that. I wasn't actually curious. Oh, I were. was more curious to, is somebody looking for me? Because I'm not looking for anybody. I'm not trying to... Well, I feel like that's still curiosity. I right? Get, like, no, you were true. still curious about, it. like, what true, is this? True. Is this spam? Is this real? Is right. someone really looking for me? Who is this person? You so know? I found the adoption registry website. I put all my information on there, everything I knew, which my my actual mother who raised me did not give me... 
very much information information <laughs> about um, the way I was adopted. So I only knew that Thanks, Mom. Um, I was born at a certain hospital in Illinois and that um, my parents came from a town that started with a certain letter. Okay. So I put that information wow. in Wow. That's all you knew. And the hospital and the town. That's all I did. So, and I did this in March of 2011. Okay. In October of 2011, my junk mailbox was stacked with messages from people claiming that they were related to me wow. and that they wanted to see pictures of me and all this stuff. Weird. Okay. Kind of weird. They're asking for pictures right away. Well, that's what the the adoption website does is that like you can actually put your own pictures up there. You can actually exchange pictures through the website. It's only through the website, though. So all it. the emails that I'm getting are correspondent to what the website is sending. OK, me because these people are sending me pictures of themselves. Weird. And I'm seeing all these pictures of people going, who the heck are you? Oh. <laughs> I, n- I never seen anybody related to me in my life. And I'm 29 years old. Right. Like, I have no idea yeah. what anybody looks like or oh, could look like. Or- actually, I'm already 30 at this point. No. So I'm already 30 years old. Yeah. Do the math. Sit back and listen to this podcast again and figure out how old I am. Anyway. <laughs> Stop. So... <laughs> So <laughs> I respond to some of them because I don't know what to do. I'm just like, um, I yeah, guess my hurt. name's Trish and blah, 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 blah. And I start getting all these emails from my supposed half-sister, my supposed mother, my supposed biological father, I, it, all these things. And it was a little overwhelming at first, so my biological mother decided that after speaking to me on the phone and she thought she was convinced and she was right that I'm her daughter. She wanted to send me a little cotton swab thing. Okay. So you guys connected through the email. Yes. And then you guys talked on the phone. Yes. And how did you know for sure that she could be your bio mom or how did you know? Like, how did you feel comfortable even talking to this kind of stranger on the phone? We just kind of hit it off. Like, okay. as soon as we got on the phone, we start our camaraderie with each other. It sounded very similar to me. It wasn't, and there's nothing that exactly stood out. Okay, because I'm sorry, over the telephone, you're only going to get so much information. She sent me pictures of herself through um, email, and looking at those pictures, I go, well. She's got some really nice eyebrows like I do. Okay. Hmm. Could be. I don't know. You know, like there's so many things. Like we have the same hairline, this and that. But the only way to really know something like that is to be physically interactive with somebody. You can't really just look at a picture of somebody and go, oh, yeah, we must be related. Right. Oh, my God. Look, yeah, I used to work at a white hen in Illinois. And guess what? There was a skinny lady that used to come in all the time. And I'm like... Man, she might be my mama because she is skinny as me and I ain't seen no skinny people like me in my life. So maybe she was my mama. But, yeah, you know, you can have that variance in your mind because there's no distinct way to know unless, 
unfortunately you get DNA. Yeah. Test, and it's is, a lot of cognitive bias too. Right. And it could just be a lot of like, oh, well, she has green eyes. I have green eyes. So maybe. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? She, like she does have green eyes and I have brown, brown eyes. Yeah. So it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she sent me a DNA test. And sure enough. Wow. It comes back 99.999%. And she just knew. And she flew out here like a banshee to come meet me. How how much, how far, oh my gosh, how soon after she, you got the test results did she come out? I want to say a month, oh. not even. Wow, she, like, like less than 30 days. And she went and stayed at the Wild Horse Pass over here off the 10, and wow. I was late to go meet her, and when, I, when we pulled up, she goes, if you were going to be 10 minutes longer, I was going to go. Oh, <laughs> Because she had been waiting for so I was running so late. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I went and met her at the the casino, and we went out to dinner. And it's so funny that oh, don't you? No barking. And, um, we're recording. And it's so funny because we're both smokers. So during the dinner, and Brent's there too, and you know her husband's there. Got oh okay. We're all there, and me and Sandy just go out to. Have a smoke. Oh, I've given everything away. <laughs> Her <I> name. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out, people. And um, when we came back in, um, Brent had told me, you know, Mother and Child Reunion just came on by Paul Simon. Mm. And I thought, how beautiful wow. is that? You know, like I just wow. met my biological mother for the first time tonight, and this song comes on. And we're not even witness to it because we're dirty smokers, and we're sitting outside puffing on cigarettes. Yeah. Bonding, though. There's probably Bonding. a way for you guys to bond. Oh, yeah. We we talk all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's super cool. Yeah. She's super. But, again, you have to look at it from an adoption standpoint. I don't actually look at her like she's my actual mother got it i don't she's a fabulous person i love talking to her but it's almost like the camaraderie of having like an aunt it's not like that actually being your mother got it it's something completely different just like when i met my biological father that there was something completely different also because his Life is weird and <laughs> whatever. Like yeah. I can go on about that, but the point is, is once you've been raised by the people you've been raised by, those are your parents. That's right. it. And if anybody says otherwise, I mean, and you're 30 years old, meeting your biological parents for the first time, uh, and then you're gonna, you know, denounce your the parents, parents who raised, raised you. you. Yeah. Well, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. I'm sorry because. Those people did raise you. Right. And these people you're meeting for the first time when you turn 29, 30 years yeah. old are not your parents. Right. They are biologically your parents. Right. But they are not your parents because they did not raise you. Right. They didn't know what it was like to change your stanky diapers mm-hmm. or what you smelled like or what your favorite candy bar was yeah. or what your favorite color was like or how you liked certain food cooked those things are inconsequential because they didn't exist they aren't (gasps) real Uh uh-oh really we're recording do you gotta bark i think i have to close the shades okay 
We're going to take a pause. We'll be right back. So this is a little side note, but like, what is it with guys taking poops for so long? Like, what are they doing? Resting. Are they Getting just... Getting away from the world. Is that what they're doing? Yes. No, they're sitting on their... But... Their freaking phones, and they're looking at things, and they're losing time. And they're like, ooh, something happened. That was great. <laughs> In between. And that's all it is. It's like their moment. Just like, you know, when women get in a car, okay, as opposed to men, we got to sit there and we got to move our purse. We got to, okay, check our makeup. Yes. It takes me a minute to, right. before I, I back we, out. We have to decompress. But men, they get in the car, press the button, they're, they're ready to go. Yeah. Just like in the toilet, like us women, we're ready to go. That's why we go there. We go in, do our business, get, get out. out. Guys, no, that's their car time. It's like the opposite. They go in there to do their decompression and to hang out. So nobody bothers them because they know for a fact that their woman ain't going to go in there after about 20 minutes. She going to be like... Oh, I'm stinky. That's gonna smell really bad. I better not just even try it. And that's why they do it. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. That's just the truth. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I love when we do little sideways like that. Okay. So you were saying, do you remember what you were saying? You were saying just like, you know, you really honored your adoptive parents or your actual parents Mm -hmm. for being your actual parents and your bio mom and your bio dad. You didn't look at them as parents. Even though they are your biological parents, they are the egg and the sperm that created you, but they're not the ones that raised you. Correct. And that's just the end of it. I mean, I, I have a relationship with both of them to this day. Um, my biological father, not as strong as my biological mother. I feel like my biological mother, I got most of my antidotes and my, uh, the way we stand, we both stand the same way. We both... Um, kind of have the same way we, those things are inherent in anybody. So even though you're adopted, you're still going to have those same attributes of the people who made you. Yeah. It doesn't mean they raised you, but they made you. So you're still going to have that genetic thing that makes you stand or move or sit in a certain way. Um, I definitely physically take the features of my father because oh. he is a super tall, skinny man, man. Okay. And my biological mother is very like, you know, five, seven normal. And I'm like, Oh I'm really? Five, I'm five, four. What, where did I get gypped? How You're tall is your bio dad? Six, one. Oh, wow. He's six, one. And she's five, seven and I'm five, four. I got gypped, but I am also the only offspring of the two of them. Oh, I am the only child that, that came of the two of them because she got pregnant with me when she was 15. Wow. Was 15. I don't know if I knew that. She was 15 years old. She met him. Was he over? Oh, God, I can't remember. Was he it, over 18? No, he was 17. Okay. Oh, they were naughty. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. I was made in the back of a Cadillac, baby. Woo! Mm, talk Ex- about at least it was expensive. Hot love. <laughs> no, I don't really know if it was a Cadillac. I just made that oh, up. okay. But I thought it sounded saucy. Love um, it. So, <laughs> um, 
she lied about her age when she tried to hook up with him and i don't know if he was working at like a, a play i can't remember the exact story now but they met basically uh at least they weren't carnies or anything you know they, yeah nothing <laughs> nothing crazy like that like traveling willberries or anything but um yeah they met and she lied about her age because she really liked him yeah. and she wanted to get to know him and he was like all right <laughs> so you know he rode the rodeo and yeah made a baby and then what happened was the reason why she had to give me up for adoption was because her mother and father raised her catholic Mm. They didn't believe in abortion. And her father thought that my bio dad um, basically took advantage of a young girl. And he was a police officer, which is really funny. That's wild. Your bio grandpa was a police officer? uh, Because my father... His is a former police officer. Wow. So that's even funnier. That's that wild. My biological mother was raised by a police officer, and so was I. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. But I, I guess you can look at it a little differently because my father wasn't actually like a police officer. He was a correctional Sh- officer. Yeah. He worked at Cook County Jail. So <gasps> it's a little We know different. who was stationed there. Oh, yeah. Or we know who yeah, was in yeah. prison there. Yeah, she's still going to try Casey. and get him on this podcast. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I know, but I would love for him to talk about John Wayne Casey for sure. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, so that's like he was at that prison the same time that mm-hmm. he was there. My gosh. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yes. so because she was raised by a police officer, he actually, my bio dad tried proposing to my biological mother oh they were like totally in love they were oh yeah oh it wasn't just a one-night stand no <gasps> oh it goes further oh you that. gotta tell me oh, i didn't know this is all new there is so much okay trauma. let's go <laughs> and i by the way um i'm going to find a link to this and actually send it to sandy just so she can laugh and be like why did you do this <laughs> but you have to listen it to it in privacy because we don't want you know who hearing <laughs> anyway okay <laughs> so they were in love so they were in love wow. he proposed marriage to her her father came out with a shotgun shut up pointed it in his face and said you can get out of here right now and russ had no control over anything the reason why i got adopted russ is, is your bio dad yes okay yes the reason why i got adopted is because the doctor that was taking care of yes. my biological mother was my mom's doctor my mother had just had a miscarriage or i'm sorry a stillborn a stillborn she so her baby came out dead yeah and she was devastated, and the doctor said, well, you know what? There's, It's funny that there's this, this young, young girl. girl three doors down, and she's pregnant with a child. She's three months pregnant, but she wants to give it up for adoption. Would you guys be interested? So it was complete private Insane. adoption, everything. It, was, it And it's so funny because my parents wanted to make it an open adoption. They wanted them to have 
connection with me. Yeah, like they access to you. They sent yeah. pictures. They sent letters, all kinds of stuff for the first five years of my life. My biological mother's mother, my genuine grandma, grandmother, destroyed, destroyed them. all of them and never showed Sandy any of them because oh. she hated my biological father. Oh, my God. Yeah. So why did she hate Russ? Because they were young, dumb teenagers, yeah. full of calm, wanted to have yeah. some fun, 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 ended up having a baby. At least my bio dad did the nice thing and tried to propose and to her. And they were in and love. Like, they obviously wanted to be together. Well, I mean, in one way or another, I think it was more physical. Okay. <laughs> you know, from what I hear. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a more physical thing, which actually transpired until they met me. But that's a whole other story, and that's a whole <laughs> other drama we could talk about on another episode Trish, of your Jenna's life podcast. Your life is just <laughs> my life is like a calm, like a calm, calm lake. Your life is like the freaking ocean. I didn't experience that. Well, no, but they did. that's true. I'm just telling their story. No, I know, but it's still like in a weird way connects with you. You know oh, what I yeah, mean? Oh, no. And my life is uh, crazy. It is. Yeah. It's just, it, it just, but it's awesome. And yeah. yeah. There's always something happening. It's mm-hmm. just in my sign, baby. Yeah. That cancer. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm at Sag Rising. I'm crazy. I got fire and water. Oh, my God. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so your bio grandma did not like your bio dad, right? And that's one of the re- that's why you were given up for adoption. Yes. Okay. Yes. Your and mom because my bio mom was fifteen, 15. years old. So when she gave birth to me, she was sixteen. I mean, she had just turned sixteen years old and had a baby. I mean, are you guys' birthdays? In close to each other then no she's february you know what's funny though she's oh i don't know if i should say um okay let's just say this she's two three of a month uh-huh my bio dad is 13 and i'm 13 wow so it's the threes close in that way um just the numbering of it. So mm-hmm. if you look at like our numerology and stuff like that, it, everything looks very similar, including our rising signs and all that. Like it's all very similar and it all looks like one chart from another, wow. just like their charts. When I look at their charts, they're so similar, but they're so opposite in their certain ways. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's cute though, yeah. but you know, it's very different. Yeah. But yeah. very the same. Yeah. All at the same time. I don't know how to explain that. But then I'm like both of them, which is really weird. So if you look at people, you know, I don't know if people are into astrology or whatever, whoever's listening. But if you look at your rising sign, your rising sign is actually the sign that is what you're more complimentary to as opposed to, oh, I'm just a cancer. So I'm going to be the shy, lonely person. No. Oh. Well, my rising sign is Sagittarius. So. Hey, I don't care. I will say whatever I want to say. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I do me. You do you. Yeah, yeah. But I'm super sweet and I'm super nice as long as you're paying me. (laughs) 
At work. <laughs> At work. Give me that money. <laughs> well, off the clock, too. You want to pay me? Well, yeah. You know, I'm not a prostitute, but you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't a dirty word, was it? No. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Wild. So did your mom want to give you up for adoption? Nope. No. No. And I think that it's kind of a beautiful thing because I really want to go back to her desire to reach out and to find you. Like, but I really think it's a beautiful thing and it just proves the point that she didn't want to give you up because she was so desperate, it seemed like, and eager and excited to find you because within 30 days you were meeting in person. Right. Like, so tell me some more about that. Well, we met at the casino. We met outside the casino. Wait, wait. Can we go back to, like, her desire to find you? Like, how long had she been searching for you? Was oh, it like a... since since I was like 15, oh, 14. Wow. They, I don't know if both of them were looking for me for the same amount of time. I don't... Oh, my gosh. you, Your bio mom and dad were looking for you separately? For a long <gasps> time. Wow. For a long time. And... Because um, they were still having a little trust. My bio dad even hired a private investigator what? to try and find me. And the private investigator did find me. Wow. But he saw me one day. He told me that he had seen me one day with this private investigator who told him, I know where your daughter is. I know what she's doing. Yeah. I was I was 18 years old already. And I guess I was getting ready to go out for work because he knew the make and model of my car. He knew what I was wearing. He knew what color my hair was. And. Wow. <laughs> He said, I, I'm, I'm not going to disturb her. She has her life. She looks like she's got it all together. I'm. He walked away. And he walked away from it. I think he was just afraid. Of what? Just, I don't know. You know, you, you get to a certain point where, you know, your kid that you haven't had anything to do with for almost 18, 19 years is grown and you see them getting into a car and going to work yeah. and doing their They're business. living their life. If you walk up to them and be like, hey, I'm your papa. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's I'd be turning around looking at you like, weird old you man. Crazy. What, what are you crazy. So, yeah. My father's in the house and he owns guns. Yeah. You want to talk to me? <laughs> like, you know, you, you don't know if... And at that point, he didn't know if my parents had even told me oh, okay. that I was adopted. Okay. So he didn't want to disrupt Disturb. or get involved in any way if he wasn't for sure that I wouldn't just freak out, freak out wow. on him. Even though if he would have walked up to me and said, hey, you know, look at me. I'm your biological father. I'd have been like, you don't say Really? Uh, you look you, just like me. Yeah? Dang. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I do look just like him. I'm, I'm built, I'm just short. I'm like a just short, a shorter version. skinny version of him. That's it. But otherwise, like right here, I'm my mom and the eyes, the eyebrows, the hairline, and the cheekbones. And that's pretty much it. Everything else is him. He's your pops. Yep. Wow. I completely took over. And they say that girls that take after their fathers are the sexiest. So I hope that's true. Oh, I don't know. You're all pretty sexy, I gotta admit. <laughs> I know, I know. Thank you. 
I can only say that because I'm on radio. <laughs> it's not even radio. Oh, my God. Internet. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. But, okay, so your bio mom was looking for you for a while since you've been 15 because obviously she was curious about you and she didn't want to give you up. Well, and- she had another daughter. And one day she ended up admitting to Tabitha that I keep giving names away. It's That's fine. totally terrible. You're not giving last names. <laughs> so she ends up telling her one day. She, she They're driving down the highway. And I I don't remember. Tabitha said something to her like, I wish I had a sister or something like And she just got totally emotional and pulled over to the side of the road. And she's like, you do have a sister. Oh, my gosh. She just admitted it all to her. So Tabitha, my biological half-sister, had been looking for me since she was nine years old also. <gasps> and she's... Uh, let's see. She's only, I want to say, five years younger than me. Okay. Four. We're not that many years apart. Mm-hmm. We don't have the best camaraderie. Well, no, we do have great camaraderie, but we have to be like kind of facetious with each other. If we get serious about things, we just butt heads. Butt heads. Because. We have completely different perspectives about, you know. Life and stuff. Life and stuff. Yeah. Let's just call it that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, you know, I, I know she was looking forward to having, like, this great relationship with me. But, unfortunately, we only talk maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. And same with my biological father. I speak to my biological mother on a regular basis. Yeah, you guys have a pretty decent relationship. I really do. We just have so much in common. We really do. We just, I'm, it's not even from just the way we stand or the way we talk or anything like that. It's, it comes down to like our curiosities, the things we like, the things, even the things we don't like, we like to argue about, but it's not even like we're arguing. We just like the, the, um, kind of like the tension. No, not tension. Just the back and forth. Oh, like to, well, like the you good don't banter. Like that. Like we like the debate. Yeah, the debate because we don't get rude or ignorant with yeah, each other. Even debate. though we have different ideas mm-hmm. about what we feel and think, or you know, politically, religiously. All the no, the religious part's pretty even keel. But <laughs> there, you know, there's all these little things that go into those things, and it's so funny because growing up, um, my mom who raised me, always used to call me her little liberal because oh, I, yes. I loved trees. The trees. And Tell I, the tree story. And there was this tree in our front yard. And my dad said, well, it has to get cut down. And I go, no, no. It's, it was like a lion tree. It was like one of those trees you would see in Africa. It was totally long, stalked, and this huge bush at the top. Totally huge, big tree gorgeous gorgeous tree that you could see like a lion just chilling underneath mm. my dad wanted to cut this thing down i'm like no Mm-mm-mm. no you're not gonna no cut way it down. i don't think so so i went and sat outside for days not overnight obviously it was a teenager i was gonna go in for food and whatnot you know <laughs> sleep and shower <laughs> and um my mom used to come out and go, you're such a little liberal. Why are you sitting out here worrying about a tree? They're just going to plant another one. It's not a big deal. This is my tree. Yeah. 
And eventually they did cut it down. Yeah. But I have two tables in my house currently that my dad saved the wood from that tree <gasps> and made tables Shut of up. it. No, he I didn't. have to this day. Is one of them the penny table? No, oh. it's not the penny table, but the other two, I'll show you. But yeah. Those are from the tree that was cut down. Yeah. Your dad is like a gem. Yes. He is literally he really a is. gem. Yeah. Like, he's amazing. For his job, that was so tough and yeah. like just brutal and like super masculine. Yes. Like, you would need to have a lot of masculine energy to have that job. Or just angry energy. Sure. <laughs> But then he also comes with this great feminine energy with the balance of the nurturing, the caring he wants to, pro- like, provide, which could be masculine energy. And both his dogs are girls. Yes. Come on. Now. Yes. Like, that, <laughs> I cannot believe that he saved some of the wood to make you the tree, the oh, tables. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think he still has one more piece. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's precious. He is precious. Mm. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we just came back from a little break. And uh, we were just outside in the 1,000-degree weather, which is actually, it's nighttime now, so the sun is down. And it wasn't really that bad. Plus, her dad gave her this, like, really awesome outdoor lounger that is just, like, my spot. (laughs) And Trish sits in the chair, and I just, like, (laughs) get to lay in this lounger and just be like, oh, life is so good, you know? Just an FYI, when she's not here, I'm sitting there. Oh, I'm sure. Thank you for allowing me to sit there. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, so I just want to – we're about 41 minutes in, so I just wanted to see, is there anything else that you wanted to add, anything on your heart that you want to share, any maybe encouragement that you have for someone who's listening who's also either – adopting a child or putting someone else up for adoption or anything that you want to talk about you know just um leave it to interpretation you know don't force anything upon anyone don't make it seem as if there's some end-all be-all to it because you know what the people who raised you are your parents yeah and that's the end of it. Yeah. There, there is no if ands, or buts about that. If you've been raised by the same people your entire life, you know, your mama ain't on drugs, daddy ain't on drugs, nobody's been incarcerated, those kinds of things. Come on. These people are your parents. Don't depend or think upon these people as if they're a life source for you. After the fact, because they did not raise you and don't take advantage of their good nature either. Right. Because nine times out of 10, you know, if they're remorseful about these things, they're going to want to like lavish you with gifts. Stop them. Tell them to stop. You are not entitled to anything. You've been raised. Yeah. You had your family. It's all good. There's nothing wrong with being raised by parents who didn't biologically make you yeah because you biologically will still do the same things that you were going to do regardless of who raised you or didn't raise you and you have to recognize that you can still have a relationship with these people when you meet them but you know what do it when you're grown do it when you're an adult because if you did it 
I keep thinking to myself, you know, if I did this at like 15, 16 years old, it would probably mess I, you up. I honestly, because of the relationship I had with my mother, who's gone, rest her soul. Yeah. It would have messed things up in my life yeah. because my mother was so negative. And I'm not saying that she enforced any like negativity upon me. And I'm not going to talk about that. But my point is, is that as a teenager or somebody who's hormonally imbalanced at the time, you may take things to a different extreme and think, oh, well, this is the grander picture of what I was supposed to have, so I'm owed something. No, baby, you ain't owed anything. You know what? You have to count your blessings and feel good to the fact that you had people who loved you in your life, that did things for you, that fed you, clothed you, put a roof over your head. All these simple things that happen in life that you take advantage of. Because as children, we don't look at it like, oh, this is something grand that they're doing. You know, it really is. Yeah. It really is grand. And I'm sorry, I can never call my biological father my father. Yeah. I never will. I can never call my biological mother my mother. Maybe in written sense, I could. Like if we're writing a, about her or something. Right. Yeah. But otherwise, no. These people did not raise me. They are not my parents. They're not the people I depend on. Even now as an adult, I'm sorry. I still depend on my father. And guess what? He loves he loves to support and provide. I'm going to tell you he, what. He loves me, and I love him, and yeah. I would do anything for him, and he would do anything for me, and that's just the end of it because that man raised me. And you know what's funny about all this is that my father who raised me doesn't have any biological children of his own. And it's funny because the man that I live with, his father – does not have any biological Really? No. So, coincidence? I don't know. I know. We'll never know. You'll never know. Because that's life, baby. And you better appreciate the people you have in life and not worry about where I came from and what happened, what I'm owed. You ain't owed nothing baby yeah you don't go looking for your biological parents for some kind of handout Mm, that's good you do that you know what you gotta mess it all up yeah you're gonna make it seem like i deserve something because i've done nothing that's like giving a loser trophy Oh, you came in last. Well, way to go. Thanks for part. Here's your participation trophy. No, shut up. Shut up. No, 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 no. Nobody gets participation trophy. No, you know, in life, you don't get those things. They don't exist. So get over it. And if you're a narcissist, well, you don't care and you're not listening to this podcast anyway. So, you know, cheers to that. Exactly. Well, oh my gosh, I've loved this conversation so much, and I've decided that we're going to do a part two. 
where we're gonna talk about our worst first date stories. Where mostly Trish is gonna talk about it, and I'm gonna little do a little sprinkle of mine because I haven't had too many like actual first dates, but some of them have been pretty bad. Well, that is all I have for you on this episode of A Conversation with Jenna. But remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. If you have thoughts and opinions on my thoughts and opinions, you can email me at a conversation with Jenna at gmail.com. I can't promise that I will respond to every email, but I would love to hear from you. Also, please rate and review my podcast on whatever platform you listen on. I would greatly appreciate it. Don't let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk with you next time. Bye.